Welcome to It's All Fine and Dangy, where we talk about community, health, culture, and all of the big and little things that make life good. Here are your hosts, Dan and Angie. Well, hello and welcome to the It's All Fine and Dangy podcast, and this is episode number 52 already. It is there already. I say already for everyone. Putting those notches in the lipstick case. And we, is that what they say? That's what Pat Benatar says. Yeah, that's what she says. That is what she says. What does that mean <laughs> when she says that? Um, Another bad date or something? We're like a PG show, so I don't think we can talk about it. Oh. <laughs> well, she says something like put, put a, a notch in the lipstick case. Before you put me in my place or something. Yeah. We'll talk about it after the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jimmy, there's birds. Um, anyway, so welcome to the show. If you're new to the show, we do this every Thursday. So every Thursday morning at 12 a.m. midnight or a little bit later if I'm still editing. Yes. The, uh, the show comes out. And I've noticed when I post the show on Wednesday at like 11.50. Yeah. Some of the podcast players get messed up by that and say that our show comes out either Wednesday or Thursday. But for clarity, it really is a Thursday show. Yeah, you just make it available a little earlier sometimes. We do. And the first part of our show is always to chat about what's going on. And this is going to be a quick one today. Short and sweet, baby. (laughs) Because Angie is sitting here post her surgery. Yes. And uh, she had what's cool. I'll let her tell you. Well, I mean, if they're new to the show, they, yeah. they, um, I had a hip surgery and I had a labral tear repaired, which was pretty bad in my hip. Yes. That's usually reserved for ath- athletes, you know, like intense athletes or yep. runners. And for some reason, I decided to do it to myself. Yeah. Um, but once they got in there, they saw that it was more than likely a bone had some like extra bone growth on it that was jagged and it was kind of tearing at my cartilage and that's what caused the tour. Ouch. The it hurts. Tear. Just listening to that hurts. <laughs> so I won't be talking much because I'm probably a little loopy still from the pain meds and just still in a little bit of discomfort. Oh, if you could see the meticulous uh, chart that I've outlined <laughs> for her six prescriptions that have different yep. hours that they're due. But she, yeah, I just want to say uh, on the air here, you've been a champ at this. I know you are super tough and sometimes I think your pain tolerance goofs you up for when you really need something done. Yeah, I think so too. It's not a good thing but you've been a good nurse oh well thank you um and i had some really great nurses at orlando health down in orlando and i just i don't know their last names but um my pre pre pre-op before the one that was getting me ready was um luis he was wonderful and then um post-op i had chi and she was wonderful when i was waking up and very nice administering meds and kind of being calm with me reminding me to breathe since i decided i wanted to just not breathe, not breathe and go to sleep. Well, you know, it's funny when she came out to get me, you know, I was in the waiting room and, and for those of you listening out there, she, uh, she was in surgery for like three and a half hours, a very intense, uh, surgery. So the surgeon came out and he was awesome and he showed me the pictures. And for those of you that don't know what a labral tear is, it's almost like a rotator cuff tear, but in your hip joint. So the soft tissue between your hip bone, and your torso Mm -hmm. gets torn and Angie's was annihilated. He was like, this is so much bigger than I thought it was. So when you walk, all of that tissue gets pinched in between your hip joints and it's very painful. And, um, he was surprised that you weren't in a lot more pain or at least not expressing more pain, Angie. Yeah, that's why I said it's not It's not a good thing to have a high pain tolerance at times. You no, know what I mean? Not. It is good for like things like childbirth and stuff well, yeah. like that and basic little, um, you know, boo-boos you might get around the house or something, but not for this. But yeah, just shout out to uh, Dr. Petrie. Yes. My, do- my Doogie Hauser doctor, as I like to call him <laughs> and his um, assistant, Mark. 
Yeah. Both super young. I mean, young to me, you yep. know, um, young, cool, hip, like really excited about what they do. Yes. And so I knew I was in good hands because every time we had been to the doctor's office prior, they had really just taken their time and sat with us. And you, you are not in a doctor's office for 30 plus minutes. Right. We were in their office 30 plus minutes letting, and they were answering every single question we had. So, so true. And I went, I went when we met with Mark and mm-hmm. just like you said, you know, a lot of doctors and I'm, I'm like my doctor, I like my physician, but a lot, a lot of doctors offices, crunch, yeah. especially specialists, you know, you're yeah. in and out, you're in and out. And uh, yeah, they sat with us for a long time, but in the interest of kind of moving things along, because I know Angie's dying to get back to the couch or the bed. I mean, not um, that I'm dying to, but you know, I didn't going pain. crazy, but I have to be in a certain position. That's for sure. Right hurts yeah <laughs> so she's uh we've spent uh the past uh week almost yeah um, almost. in the house and just kind of staying medicated and you know i've been making sure that have she's you been staying eating. medicated too well not really <laughs> um but did i say we've been staying yes. medicated? <laughs> my medication no. is helping you <laughs> you're doing a, a fabulous job i appreciate it so much yes and i've been i took the week off of work although i have been doing at least some work almost every day and i know the guys and gals at work are very busy so if any of you guys are listening um you know i appreciate everyone kind of stepping up and helping during this time yes thank you guys <laughs> and i hate to leave anybody high and dry so i'm trying to kind of make sure the most important things are taken care of um couple things sort of a uh, house cleaning i want to go through before we roll into the interview we have a really good interview this week yes i did want to mention the coffee shop of horrors again angie you know all the specifics but they do have a new location called jonesy's escape she can remember that on all these drugs and i can't remember it <laughs> sober but uh they're starting to do something cool they're doing like open mic nights up there so if that. you check out their facebook page jonesy's escape because yeah. that's where you'll find out more information about right. that they're having some kind of open mic night what type is things. that do you know is it like a comedy comedians thing? local talent um that would bands. be so fun to go to yeah just trying to bring some entertainment in that area which i think is super cool i do too got a cute little comedy skit something read poetry whatever we gotta make our way back up there as soon as you're better and actually yeah. they have couches so it might be a little more comfy on your yeah, on maybe your next week when i'm feeling a little better that would be great out. i'd be love great. to go up there and ride a bit and speaking of which uh the owner of coffee shop of horrors told me a while back that i could put my novels in there i just got notification from amazon today that half of them have arrived Woo-hoo. at the office so i gotta go pick them up and just to tie all that in I will be at the Apopka Art and Foliage Festival on March 28th and 29th. That's a Saturday and Sunday coming up. If you've never been to the Apopka Art and Foliage Festival, it is a very cool event with all kinds of art. And I'll... I'll uh, save you. plants. Oh, and plants. There's yeah. a huge section. Bring your of, uh, truck because it, you yeah. get great deals on plants. You there. really do. You really do. And uh, I'm excited to get plants there once our yard is done. Mm-hmm. But it's mostly uh, outdoor foliage. I think they have some indoor stuff too. Yeah, they do. But anyway, I'm excited to be there with uh, my books, and we'll have a booth, and uh, you know, we'll be selling. I'll be there on my crutches. You will. I will be the lady that rings you up if you purchase a book. That's right. (laughs) So if you're in the area, please come by, check it out, say hi, buy a book or not, but at least drop by and say hi. Absolutely. And uh, I'm hoping to be parked right next to the Apopka Alumni Association, of which I am a board member now. So very exciting to have all that coming down the pipe. That'll be the perfect little pair up there. It really will. Say that three times fast. Perfect little pair up. Perfect little pair up. Perfect little pair up. I'm Oh, man, I messed up that last one. You got the third one. <laughs> I did pretty close. You did good. You did really good. It's got to be the meds are helping you. But also, I wanted to mention, I know a lot of people are freaked out by the coronavirus. I mentioned it last week. It's all over the news. It's all over my Facebook feed. I just want to remind everyone, don't 
panic. Everything I have read from every specialist that knows anything about this says the biggest effect of this virus is the panic. Mm-hmm. And that's what's causing all the problems. The rest of it is manageable. It's always what causes the problems. It really is. And um, I saw something online today from our friend Kristen that I copied and pasted. But if it's not the bird flu or the swine flu or the... There's always something and it mm-hmm. always turns out okay. And everyone freaking out doesn't help. Buying the stores out of toilet paper doesn't help. So if you can, try to take a deep breath. I know what it's like. I have kids. I have family. And we tend to want to go to the, I've got to prepare. But it's it's... Not everything's going to be okay. It is. It is. Anyways, and that is it for our this and that. We're going to roll right into our interview. It's a really good one this time. Yeah. So stick around for Hutchinson's Farm Winery, which is who we are going to be interviewing this week. Yes. Hey guys, welcome back to our community call out. As you know, we love to support our small and family owned farms and businesses here. Today we have one of Apopka's best kept secrets. John and Sherry Hutchinson own and operate Hutchinson Farm Winery, a quaint little vineyard that offers a unique experience and some great wine. Thank you guys so much for joining us this early Sunday morning. Yes, thank you. You're quite welcome. Thank you. So as we first get started, as we do with many of our guests, we would like to hear a little bit about you personally. Maybe you guys could tell us a little bit about your story on how you came to be in Apopka with this quaint little winery out here. Okay, I can do that. All right, go ahead, John. Thank you. Well, we started off, uh, I was in another relationship with three children and five horses. Oh. Oh my goodness, that's a big relationship. <laughs> it was, and living, living in a Koei. Right, and uh, so we kept them in a in a barn, which is no longer there anymore. The children or the horses? The horses. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. Goodness, <laughs> thank you. So I had to. we started looking around for property, and we found came across this with a little sign down at the it is a road on Stone and Claricona, mm-hmm. and uh, followed the signs up here, but there was no you couldn't tell where it was. So we got a hold of the realtor. Uh, he came out and showed us where the boundaries were and so forth, and uh, made an offer and uh, bought the property in 1995, moved wow. the horse, uh, fenced it, cross-fenced it, built a barn, and put a uh, mobile home on the property, moved into the mobile home, and uh, um, uh, had the horses, uh, like when you have five horses, it's like a mortgage payment. Yes. So by, so My by mom imagine. has horses. So, uh-huh. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, that solved that problem, and we were here for uh, until uh, finally the kids got up, uh, grew, grew up, and left. Uh, the um, uh, one I still have one son that lives on the property with us, and uh, that's how we got here and got started in 1995. So you didn't buy the property with the intention of making it a winery, or did you? No, I bought it in the intention of making it a, a ranch. Oh, oh, okay. Like a farm ranch. Well, farm ranch with uh, five horses. Oh, very nice. And those horses were for personal use. You guys rode, or did, did your kids do shows? Like, what did you do with the horses? Yeah, we did shows. Uh, uh, my daughter was in the, the 4-H as well as with okay. the um, uh, show ring. We eventually uh, bought uh, Tennessee Walkers, and so we were in the oh, Tennessee those are pretty Walker. Horses, yeah, yes, we were in the Tennessee Walker circuit for about five years or so, and then uh, they. 
things change, and here we are now you know, with a winery. Yeah, wow. yeah. Anyway, in 2004, uh, when we both turned 60, uh, I graduated with uh, from Fort Lauderdale High School, as my husband did, Duke. We call him Duke. That's his... Uh, That's your nickname? Nickname. nickname. Yes. <laughs> and came to Florida, and we met and fell in love. I was living in New York. He was living in Orlando, and the wonderful world of Southwest Air had a round-trip ticket for $99. And I so, wish they still had those. <laughs> I know. So back and forth from Albany to Orlando, and I came down in 2004. And uh, of course, I have a wine background that I'll talk about later, but mm-hmm. he, he had me making wine. He bought me a kit for Valentine's Day to make oh, him Cabernet fun. Sauvignon. Oh, he had a request. Oh, nice. Yes, he had a request. <laughs> and so I was making wine, and we were lucky enough to meet some people in the business when we joined the uh, Florida Wine and Grape Growers Association. Oh, cool. And so I started making wine and just for ourselves. And, and when was, was that again? 2004, I two, came down. We two. got married in 2005 on the property. Right. And uh, well, then we made use of the property. That's great for the put, wedding. That's yes. awesome. And put our first muscadines in. We still wow. had horses, but that's the field I was looking at. Oh, <laughs> wow. So it started as a hobby, but you had a background. Mm-hmm. Um, so two, was it 2005 where you actually started the muscadines out started there? putting wow. muscadines in so that was pretty quick after you got your little kit yes well i've made uh, wines in upstate new york so, so I, was, yeah. I started to say it was probably culture shock for you to go from new york to uh popka but it, upstate new york's a whole different thing i've been up there it's like out in the country oh, it's, it's gorgeous too. yeah it is gorgeous it's god's country uh, yes my son today he's still up there he manages 250 acres he keeps oh, telling wow. me mom stop telling people about it it's becoming too crowded <laughs> up here <laughs> that's how i feel about florida I'm like, stop yes. retiring here. Stop moving your families down here. Little and side story, it, real quick. They, yeah. I, I went to upstate New York with some friends of mine years ago, and I want to say it was called Lake Sylvia. It was uh, leaf season, and at the time I thought, what does that mean? That's the silliest thing I've ever heard of. And it was amazing. amazing. I probably oh. took 500 pictures. Yeah. The colors yeah. are amazing. Yeah. And, and well, coming down to Florida, my biggest complaint is who picks grapes from june to the first part of september crazy what are you people, crazy right? oh, because, no. yeah. <laughs> because you don't even want to be outside <laughs> right no. yeah we talked about it. it's way too yeah. hot out here it is super hot so when you started that first vineyard um what did what did you learn from it because you had already done this but what what was the experience like what you know what were the challenges what were the successes different and, weather patterns yeah. different grapes and everything probably. well yes uh, the grapes are completely different from the muscadine is the species of grapes from florida from native florida. to florida right they're native to florida and they're in they're indigenous to florida they have the muscadines then they have hybrids that they've made off of the indigenous muscadine which okay. means oh, that wow. we have about 40 different varietals of muscadine grapes now. Half of them we are... We like to experiment with stuff as humans, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Too <And> much. <laughs> what they're looking to do was they were looking to make grapes. Uh, first of all, we cannot grow vinifera. That's your Cabernet Sauvignon, your Merlots, your Chardonnays, yeah. California, or your European-type grapes yeah. because they get a disease called Pierce's disease. Oh. And it takes about five to eight years to kill the plant. So you can put a lot of them in, which they did in the early, Mm -hmm. the turn of the 1800s, late 1800s. And they did fine for about three years, then they all started dying off. And that's when they went to citrus. Wow. Yeah. So So they tried to make it a vineyard country down here. Right. I didn't know that. When my my father and I farmed uh, 
in my early 20s, I'd gotten back from, I was in the Peace Corps for two years. And when I got back, I found out that he had sold my 58 uh, Chevrolet convertible. Oh, no. And traded it for a <laughs> pickup truck. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, no. Sad day. It's heartbreaking. Such a sad day. So I forgave him and we started, we farmed, but was, uh, we did uh, summer vegetable or winter vegetables down in South Florida. So oh, okay. Vegetables are fine. You don't have to keep them alive 90 days. Yeah. yeah. So, But you had some experience in farming. So yeah. so I knew how to drive a tractor. Yeah. Okay. Oh. That makes him the vineyard manager. <laughs> that was like immediate. That was yes, coming. that was immediate. You drive the tractor, I'll work in the in the wine cellar. And, and Sherry had worked growing vinifera grapes and knew a lot about pruning and how, what yeah. types of uh, stuff to do to the plant to do it. And I kept them alive. Okay. So tell me about those muscadine grapes. Um since they're native to Florida, are they more drought resistant? Like, what makes them thrive down here? Well, they, they're indigenous. And so they, over their years, since the 1500s, when there's any type of documentation of the Huguenots, I think it was, making wine, they, uh, they've adopted to this type of climate. Not only the climate, but all the bugs. You know, yeah. I say... You know, tourists come down in the winter to keep warm. All the bugs move in in the summertime. Yes. Yeah, because plants are smart. They, they come up with things to protect themselves. That's exactly true. So the muscadines themselves are uh, bulletproof, I say. They, they really, like you don't have to do a lot to keep them alive. They're going to grow 150 feet if you let them. Yep. That's why uh-huh. you have to prune them yeah, to get the fruit. When you say indigenous, that generally means that because the plant is from here, it's resistant to all of the local hazards of a, a different plant that you might bring in from somewhere else. Right. right? Maybe not all, but the majority Most of them. Of them. Yeah. And yeah. I've never heard of a, a group of uh, people like Johnny Appleseed. They've never said there was a grape appleseed that went around planting them. So <laughs> Everywhere. Maybe somebody did bring them yeah. in, but he doesn't yeah. have the... the no one, it's not in the history books. Yeah, n- I got you. It's not in so it. So I'm also curious, because we have so many invasive species, have you guys faced any of that with the muscadine? Well, we we have bees, so we have mm-hmm. honeybees. We do honey, so we're very careful about mm-hmm. what we use mm-hmm. around the bees. So we don't really. We've uh, bought a lot of ladybugs to get rid of the aphids. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, we let the the ones that I hate the most, those little red ants that like to bite oh, you. Yes, yes. Anyway, we let them stay out in the vineyards because they will go up the vines and they'll eat all of the aphids, but they'll also eat a lot of the sugar that they're leaving behind, which is part of their waste. So oh, we try to do things cool. that are, uh, we don't use Roundup. Uh, we're very careful about oh, what we news. use yeah. because now you're getting, uh, there's so many people experimenting with different things that they're finding that a lot of that stuff is getting in our, our water and getting in the soil. Oil, yes. And anything that the plant is going to take up is going to be affected by so it. So you guys have are to being be responsible farmers. So yeah, that's great. So people ask me, you know, are you organic? Not really, because you can't control what's all around you. We have a highway. We that's have the right. water company. They okay. use chemicals. They have chemicals in their car. Yeah. So you, you we would never be able to get that yeah. type of. And it. you're you're doing as best as you can. Yes. With the environment around you. And living in a world that's full of a lot of people that don't care about the that's environment right. around us. That's right. We need more that care, that's yes. for sure. So I have a question. We Just because you said the uh, the ladybugs, I've always wondered, because we are getting ready to build gardens in our own backyard for mm-hmm. vegetables and things. Do the ladybugs stay around? Yes. Do they really? They will nest. One of the things that we do have that my husband loves to plant is bamboo. <laughs> oh, bamboo And I nice. love bamboo. Yeah. Yes. It, it can be very invasive. It is, yes. Well, you can make little nests 
nests out of the bamboo when you're cutting it and stuff like that they'll oh. they'll nest in those the your bumblebees will too they'll nest in the in the bamboo uh, like the hollow part of it the hollow yes, part oh, wow. of it so how do you make that john you just cut do you cut like a hole or no they've got the holes in them already you just yeah. cut oh. them at the same length and time together Oh, just cool. like a, wrap them and tie them. Oh, very cool. Them, then they'll make their little, they'll come and make homes in those little holes. Oh, that's a, a nice little well, tip for yeah. people that are trying to kind like, of keep their garden up. Yeah. If I leave, like I have a BB gun, mm-hmm. and if I live it, sit outside and, and don't use it for a while, I'll go back and they've built a nest in the Inside barrel. Inside the barrel. <laughs> okay, they're just finding a spot. Just, for, hey, it looks to like another piece of bamboo, right? That's yeah. it. They're adapting, just yeah. like everything else. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so I have to ask, how was the first harvest? Uh, it was smaller yeah. because we put the first grapes in there in what we call our West Vineyard. So right. uh, one of the things we couldn't do is you can't cut the trees down. So we didn't cut the oak trees down to make uh, a land for them. We oh, had good a piece for of you. land. That was nice. And yeah. so uh, we got uh, we have uh, both bunch grapes and muscadines down there. They're our oldest, and you can see when you look at them, the you know the trunks are huge. Um, and so each year gets better because the plants are getting older so you figure you're putting one or two year uh, year old plants in Mm -hmm. they don't really fully produce until the fifth year and then after there you're keeping them alive so you get about the same one but the thing that i realize is because i write down we both do keep track of the rain the weather what's happening every bud break is different time of the the month every harvest is different time of the year unless you have irma that comes in and takes what's ever left and blows it into orlando oh gosh you you have to deal with (laughs) all that yeah oh wow that's really interesting so you knew that the first i mean i guess just the science of all of it is intriguing to me but you knew that the first yield wasn't going to be for five years yes you knew it's an investment really so you went into it with patience with patience of course because you needed to a lot of the plants we made by hand that's one of the things that i learned in the finger lakes uh, muscadines are different you have to take them from green cuttings which my husband will had great experience with that i didn't because it's the, the amount of water you give them you can't overwater them but they have to be watered continually i work well with uh, the brush the hard the 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 bunch grapes are like French hybrids. You can cut them into st- sticks, pretty much, and uh, put them into peat moss, and they'll they'll oh, grow roots. That's the kind of stuff I need to grow. Yeah, because I don't have a green thumb. I really want one. Yeah, so I want to have like a garden, and you know, do a, I'm reading a book. I'm yeah. like, okay, I gotta try I to, to do admit this right. That I don't either. I hope that we do better because my family, our farmers, are yes. you know in the nursery yeah. business. So you know, we got to get our. Arms and my around mom that. has a really green thumb. I'm like, okay, you need to come over and teach me how to do that because she grows all sorts of stuff i'm like it drives me crazy well, when like, you guys say you, you write it down you're writing down the weather patterns you're writing down your yields that's impressive to me because it's almost like a history book to, yes to see what caused an especially good yield or mm-hmm. maybe not as good of a yield is there a pattern that you've noticed yes mother nature takes when she wants to take yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it well it's like your own you can't control almanac. her though you're making like your own farmer's almanac almost right well everybody knows in the summertime it's going to rain at three o'clock yeah oh yeah and so it's just it's measure how much yeah true <laughs> yeah. true well so, that's the, that's the trick of the theme parks around here with the tourists everyone leaves at three and you wait an hour and, and then, then you fine. go back right. yeah. yeah um so i do have a question because you said you have a west vineyard and i would assume this is East. This is the east one. And you keep different grapes in different vineyards. Uh, We worked a lot with the universities. As I said earlier, uh, we joined the uh, Florida Wine and Grape Growers Association when we first got involved. Heard of them, yes. Because I was in New York, we were a member of a lot of the organizations that 
brought that whole area forward, especially the state of New York supported I Love New York campaign, brought a lot of people to that area. And so wanting to meet like-minded people in Florida and to understand yeah. about the grapes that are so different from what I was used to working with. Uh, you have to work with the muscadines. They, they just don't give you everything you need in, in the harvest. You have to play okay. with it. And I'm not a big player chemically. I play more naturally like uh-huh. my grandfather did. So it's not. I don't have a lot of chemicals in my wine. And so oh, I like uh, to hear that. Though. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it was uh, it was a struggle in the beginning. I like oak. A lot of people weren't using oak. In fact, I tried to buy an oak barrel, and the guy said, "I won't sell it to you." I said, "But I want to buy it." But I won't sell it to you. I said, "Why won't you sell it to me?" Because I want to buy it. And he goes, "I won't sell it. You can't use barrels in Florida." I was like, "What?" <laughs> I never heard of that. Oh before. no, we're gonna break this tradition. Buddy. I had to buy it up in what was it, North Carolina? Yeah, we bought a we barrel. Wow. <laughs> and brought so it down here. here. That's part of that old mentality, though, yeah. that we need to break free from. You yes. know, try new things. You never know how it's going to turn out. I yes. mean. And you already had some experience. So you're like, I know this works, so I want to try it. So I have a question about, um, I know you guys both work on the farm. What do you do on the farm? Like, I know you probably break up your duties. And do you have others that help you out here? Because it's a lot of work. Well, yeah, we split. uh, We pretty much, Sherry and I do everything. Uh, oh. we don't you're going to live forever. You know that, right? <laughs> well, I turned 75 yesterday. Well, well you're going to live forever. <laughs> happy birthday. Yes, because when you're... Three quarters of a well, century. century. <laughs> hey, that is wonderful. So we, we pretty much uh, do things together. We talk about what we're going to do and then go ahead and do it. Um, the uh, muscadines are... The, the bulletproof, like Sherry said before. Mm-hmm. So there, we don't have a whole lot of a problem with those, but the bunch grapes are hybrids and they, they're, they're, they're more care. You have to watch okay. them quite, you have to keep the right amount of water on them. You can't overwater them. And you have, to, we're still trying to learn the best way to prune them. Um, okay. Okay. We've started off with different types of pruning and to see how our yield goes. That's why, why we keep notes. And so we can figure out how approximately how much, how much poundage we'll get from each grapevine that we have it's so a lot of math add, involved mm-hmm. adding mostly and hopefully yeah. it's not subtracting <laughs> hopefully not <laughs> so what are just for clarity because i was going to ask you that what are bunch grapes you say they're a hybrid but are they for like the darker wines or the- no no the, the, what they are uh, the the standard indigenous muscadines don't grow like the grapes you see at a grocery store right they grow an individual little stalks that are clumped together with about uh, 10, sorry, about 10, uh, 10 to 12 grapes per cluster. Okay, so it's up, not a huge bunch right. together. That's why they're called bunch grapes. Bunch grapes, grapes right. Got it. Oh, but okay. the muscadines, another thing is they don't have equal ripening, which means that of those 10 or 12 grapes that are ready, or you think are ready, maybe only seven of them are ready. The others oh. are, are either oh. green or, or two weeks off. So we harvest the muscadines usually two or three times. Right. We go in and take just the ones that are ripe. We found that the ones that are ripe are lower in acid in their juice, which okay, makes okay. it easier to make a, a, a makes a more pleasurable wine to drink. Yeah, because they're a sweeter uh, grape, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. So, is this hand picking that you do? Yes. yes. Oh wow! And we have to tickle and them. How many acres of this? Well, the, the or how many? I got to ask about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, what it is is we've got right here on property. We have three and a half acres. Okay. My next door neighbor has four acres of blueberries. And we help him with that. Oh wow! And then I we also, know. 
Is and he we, sell those? Um, is he do like a? I think he does no. mostly commercial. commercial. Okay, commercial. Okay. And we get his. We get all of his quote calls, which means the ones that are overripe and so forth. But we also have another fellow that we uh, deal with that we're in partnership with, helping him use uh, grow his vineyard. And then we we help him in the labor, and he we split our grapes. Oh, cool! So that makes it nice. Well, the other thing about the bunch grapes is I have pictures here. That's the best way. A picture is worth a thousand words. Yeah, sure. So I'm pointing to it. Yeah. you can't see it because you're on the radio. <laughs> right. Anyway, as he said, they look like the grapes that you get in the store. Right, the long clusters. The berries grow very close together, and yeah. so when you think about moisture and mildew, a lot of moisture and mildew can rot those grapes. They, they do because so the the at home they go bad. Quick, that's yes. right. Grapes yes. home. Then the muscadines, as he said, are these little bunches, and you don't clip them with a clipper. The bunch grapes you have to clip. The muscadines, you tickle them. I was going to ask what tickle, tickle. means. And I <laughs> tell everybody <laughs> that you tickle them and the ripe ones will fall off. That's how we can leave the other ones there. Oh, it's okay. like when you pick strawberries. You yes. don't yank it. That's right. You twist just it. twist it. And so it falls right off if it's ripe. Happy wines. Oh, I like oh, that. Because they tickled. Uh, nice. I get it. Because we tickled them. That's cute. I love it. What we've done, we've developed a, a catcher that we put underneath the vines. Okay. So that we can uh, work, each of us work on one side of the vine we have each have our own little catcher that overlaps so you just you touch them and if you if you have to pull on them uh-huh. they're not ripe enough and so we just the ones that, she, that like she said just tickle them touch them a little bit if they fall off they fall down in this container it's got a hole in the bottom goes in a bucket and the you other, just keep moving that sounds like yeah, hard work for it sure. is hard work but Mainly what we do it's, it's in the middle of summer yeah, yeah it's so too. hot yeah and i have to, well i had my my one year was so hot that i got our canopy and put it over the the row i got my lawn chair with my ice water and a big huge fan and turned it on i said now this is the way you should be <laughs> picking grapes in florida it. you had me envisioning like a little canopy with wheels that you can just yeah. push down the line we just picked it up on each yeah. side walked it you down. need like a hat that like has this fan that comes down in front of you like that would is a mister that like missed you as you're working so do you ever have like volunteers opportunities where people can come out that are interested in doing this in the future where maybe they could help with that process and kind of learn it they've always asked but we have a lot of uh, wasps and okay. actually we had the litigation risk or yeah, something. yeah well i'm sure we're also an agro-tourism so yeah. the state uh, allows us to have certain things that are indigenous to a farm sure. and we have to post that and it is that you have to take an inherent risk when you yes, walk out into the vineyards yeah. and so we're pretty much relieved from that but oh good we have a son that's allergic to wasps so we have our epi pen for him and i wouldn't want to take that responsibility even though both of us was in medicine of Of course course, yeah but but the other thing is that muscadines are very thick-skinned they have a lot of pulp and big seeds. They're big grapes. They're not little, the little ones like yeah. I sh- show you in the picture. Yeah. So because they're not coming in at the same time, we take them in, we clean them, we put them in five-pound little bags, mm-hmm. and then we freeze them. So I can press them and off the skins if they're white when they're all ready. And I can get my cool. variety. And then the red skins, when they're all ready, I can take them out, thaw them out, and then start them uh, fermenting on their skins. I ferment on the skins. I don't use the uh, pasteurization where you can heat them up to get the color out of them. Uh-huh. They're doing that a lot in California now. And I feel I, like that kills a lot of the... It does. The, the good stuff the in the wine. Beneficial yeah. stuff, yeah. yeah. Anytime you boil something, I feel yeah. like it does that. And you're getting the character out of the skin also. Yeah. You know, you're going to get it. You're going to cook it all away like jelly. So. Yeah. so I'm a big red wine drinker, and you guys have red wine here. 
Is it, that's a mix of the muscadine grape and something else that you, like grapes that you have shipped in or something? No. Our red muscadine wine has uh, three uh, varietals of muscadine grapes. And we blend, we make three uh, uh, batches or vintages. And we then, uh, Sherry, the winemaker, then when we all have them done and ready to blend, we sit down and she blends what we want. Oh, cool. Is that what they call a batch is a vintage? Well, well, no, it's a vintage is a year. I've it's the same year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The okay. batch would be, I usually would do more than one, what we call bench trials, meaning I'm going to take a bottle and I'm going to put different percentages of each one. Uh, the biggest percentage is always going to be our noble because that's what we grow. Of course. And then the second one is the one that we get from our grower that's out in Howie in the Hills, and that's Conquistador. Okay. And oh, that's a cool name. And the, we have a little <laughs> bit of a jumbo grape that... Uh, he didn't have enough plants to give us a noble and threw in a couple of jumbo. So they're in there, but okay. they're not in there enough to really talk about it. Less than 5%. Than, yeah. Okay. Oh, I see. So you're blending just different So I'm types. looking at, okay. yeah, is it going to be 60% of ours or, you know, and 40 of theirs or whatever the blend is that we like the best because it's bone dry. It's right. not. And then last year. That's what he likes. I love it. <laughs> last year I was, I had enough juice to be able to put it in the barrel. So this vintage, which is Ooh. 2018, 2019 won't come out until the summer and the reds won't come out probably till 2020 because they're going to go okay. in the barrel. They uh, uh, were in an American oak barrel for eight months, which is a short period of time yeah. when you think sure. about California. But, yeah. you know, uh, we try to get it just enough to give the character of the oak barrel. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and you're a smaller vineyard too, so you we're very can't wait, small. You know, twenty years. For well, we're a always wine running out. A, yeah, first time we ran oh. out, I got nervous. That and then I was like, called a friend up in the Finger Lakes. He's small too, and I was like, Oh God, what are you doing? Sherry, don't worry about it. They always come back for it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I was just saying, I think we're on their mailing list, but I would like to know when <laughs> yeah. it's ready so we can come get it before uh-huh. it's out. We live yeah. about five miles from here. Yeah. If they don't have all the pre-orders already. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's true. The- <laughs> well, we haven't gotten into that yet. We just let we let people know through the yeah. email yeah yeah so speaking of that so i know you guys sell your wine here and we've purchased your wine here we love it do you sell your wine in other locations or is it just this is the place this is the place uh, what we found was as a, uh, a certified florida farm winery we're allowed to buy a uh, distributor's license right. which allows us to sell anywhere in the state of florida we did that uh, last year but we found that most of the people that we were trying to sell their wine to didn't want to pay us anything. Oh. And so we yeah. never found the right person because our wine are unique. Sure. And mm-hmm. uh, I have more than $5 invested in a bottle, and that's what they wanted to sell right. me to sell it to. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. So we thought, well, I'm not, we're not going to, we don't make enough. We sell out as it is. Now, yeah. why yeah. should I worry about selling it to someone yeah. just to say we sell, we have a liberty Of license. course, yeah. I get it. And your biggest fans are coming here anyway. The yeah. Yeah, that, you know, that's they right. know the value of the wine. Yeah, I mean it's every every day that we're open. That we'll have three or four people come in and say, "Oh, I've been driving by here for the last three years, and I've always wanted to stop." I know. Well, that was my next question because I wanted to ask, you know, you know how you market, and is it just word of mouth? And it seems like you really don't need to market because you're selling out every time. I also wondered every time, you know, having grown up out here. Every time I drive by and see like a house out in a field, or we saw your winery before we came here, I thought. I wonder if they were disappointed when the interstate came through, because as a homeowner, I kind of would be, or if they were like, this is great, because now you have advertising you like really crazy do, just yeah. for all the traffic <laughs> driving by. 
Well, yes and no. Uh, it's a double-edged sword. Yes. Yeah. Some right. days I like it, some days I don't. Sure. Uh, the noise, like, well, that was one of the things, because we got eminent domain at mm. one end. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that we brought up is, like, look, we're out here, all we hear is, you know, birds and crickets. Sure. And now I'll hear, da 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 as they're getting off on uh, Keene Road. Right. Yeah. But 30, over 38,000 people go up and down that road. And wow. If we just get 1%, that's a lot of people. That is. Yeah. So, Did you see an increase in traffic here after the road went up? Well, actually, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, absolutely. Because in the beginning, you know, it was like sitting through a, a hurricane, we usually sit on the porch and it comes in waves, right? Right. Uh-huh. So I was like. You know what time of day not to go out? And you know exactly <laughs> with the highway. It comes yes. in waves. Uh-huh. It's yeah. like the wind. Sure. First thing in the morning, last thing at night. Not too much on the weekend, but it's getting it's getting bad again. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Mm. But w- what happened was uh, we had a uh, toy hauler. Uh, we had a motorcycle and we dropped it. That's a long story, but we ended up selling that in 10 days, but we were upside down in the toy hauler. So we stuck it out there with a big piece of roofing and put down toy hauler in the number and the people would go by and we'd get 10, 15 calls a week. Wow. So we looked at each other. We were getting close to retiring and that's when the whole idea about, he goes, hell, you know, even if we had 1% of that information coming this way, that's an income. Let's do this in retirement. Okay, let me make sure what a toy hauler is. Is that like something to haul your motorcycle or fun stuff with? Yeah, Yeah. like a trailer. It's a a trailer that's also a camper. Okay, gotcha. All right. For men going away for the weekend, I might say. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It was not conducive to a woman, let me tell you. Yeah. No windows. Oh, no. I said, hell, honey, we must love each other if we can sit in this thing for two months (laughs) with no windows looking at each other. Oh, nice. (laughs) You must, right? (laughs) Well, that was a... So that was your great opportunity for you to put that sign up. Sign up, right. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, you see it. You cannot miss that sign when you're coming this way. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's how we first saw you guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this isn't a popka. Yeah. I got to find this. And yeah. then I'm like, and then we had like our little date day here. It was wonderful. Yeah, we loved it. And I, I must say too, driving out here today reminded me, because it, it was a little while ago when we came out here, um, the road. Was it always this little road? Because it's a neat little road that's it's like, like as wide as one it car. Yeah. It's at like one a- point, you're like up on a hill. If you went off the road either way, you you're, know. You're- yeah. Thank God we have trees on that side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I did notice that you guys said on the website you're working towards getting some more um, directionals as far as how to get here. Correct? Well, when you, he talked about uh, advertising, uh, our biggest thing is social media. Yep. Anything that's on the radio, anything that's on your telephone, we are definitely going to get clients. And we learned a lot about that. We're not, I always say I'm not the sharpest pencil in the pencil case when it comes to it, things like that, to the digital ages. Learning about Trying it, to yeah. keep on top of it is difficult. It's so, a lot of work. It yes, is. it is. But we had a young woman that came one day, and I had my, uh, when I first put out my Pinot Noir, which I can't put on the label because, long story, but I put $25 on it because I made it because he loves Pinot Noir. And she rode her bike all the way out here, and she bought wow. that bottle, and she said, are you on Instagram? And we're like, what's Instagram? Oh. Is it like Twitter? And she goes, no, I'll show you. So she set our phones up, oh, put it nice. on in the oh, morning. Nice. Went home and she said, don't forget, now look 
tonight and see we had 150 hits that is awesome guys so that's the yeah. one isn't it yes. it's yeah so it's, it's more about it's picturesque so yes. you know if you notice when you look at instagram people are posting like a really nice photo Picture. Yes. and yes. then they put a little caption with it so yes. that's like perfect it's for the way facebook here. used to be before yeah. it became everything else yeah, yeah. so yeah. that our, our biggest we call it the google god uh, yeah. we just got a, an award from yelp where we're like at the top of the list oh that's so. amazing oh, how great we is get that? a lot of people and we ask them when they come how'd yeah. you find us yeah how'd you find us and if you found us on the internet you know let google know yeah yes. let yelp know you yes know? that's important for small businesses yeah. to do yeah. Yeah. really important that you know and i know um some of the businesses i've worked at we used to kind of make them do it right there and give them like hey i'll give you you know a little credit for next time or something if, if you, you yeah. do a yelp review right now you yeah. know and yeah. post it's it. an honest review yeah yeah and you they're gonna give you guys an honest review anyway yeah. well i thought something was really interesting about your logo because if you look at your logo closely there's a couple animals on there yes. um so i just wanted to there's a rooster and a monkey and i wanted to get a little info about that logo where did that come from well the h came from hutchinson yes of course and the monkey comes from uh my uh chinese symbol is a chinese symbol of the monkey that's oh, why cool. we're inquisitive and we spend a lot of time at night thinking about everything oh nice <laughs> uh, that's probably mine too then <laughs> yeah. and uh, mine's the uh, chinese year of the of the uh, rooster oh that's interesting that you incorporated that oh, i love that it really that. is it's yeah. very cool so i you know when we decided to cool. do it well first my husband decided to do it i had a lot of prereqs on that just like i did when we got married it was like a scroll <laughs> i was a widow Uh-oh. for 19 years so i had a lot of a lot of things that I, yes yeah. and the same in the wine business because uh, i was in the wine business in in new york uh in the 70s and uh it was a large uh beautiful old house it's still there today mm-hmm. chateau esperanza is uh it's just esperanza now but it's a historic uh, a rep place they should have kept that chateau because yeah. that's like you know that fancy word so we were the only ones that ever good. had a winery there and so uh, when I was there, we had partners, and it became very difficult. So when we decided to do this, I said, no money from anybody else. It's got to be our own thing. Don't make no it a family, thing. because it's difficult to work with family, mm. because we work so hard. N- yeah. Nobody in the family wants to do this, so you know they're not going to Yeah, work. they don't want this hard work. <laughs> <laughs> and that we had to stay small. I said, uh, uh-huh. uh, anything under 1,000 gallons, because the way that I like to do it is more hands-on, and I don't want to make this... Uh, too difficult for both of us to do so you guys are really putting your heart and soul into yes it. and and we uh, one thing that i say it, it's not so much about it is about the wine for me but it, the most important thing for me is to talk about the muscadines we make other kinds of wines but yeah. we taste only the muscadines because it, i always say to people why would i offer you apple juice when we grow oranges That's why true. should i offer you a chardonnay and a, and a zinfandel when i want you to taste my muscadines exactly yeah. and i want you to know about them and i want restaurants to start carrying them and i try to tell people if you're going to go out to eat ask them and they're going to say no we don't carry them oh. why yeah. yeah why do we it's it's i can't the Florida say the name great. it is yeah. we yes. have other people we're an open state we let people come from all over the world and dump their wine here why aren't we supporting our, our own, own local yeah. industry yeah and for clarity when we came and did the tour 
with John, I, um, you know, I told Angie before we got here, I don't like white wine, and I liked every single one of them. So I think maybe I was just drinking the wrong. Well, he doesn't. He wines. doesn't normally mm. like sweet wines, right. but we did all the samples, and he was like, "Wow, oh, okay." Yeah. So I, I don't know if it's just, uh, you know, I think that's maybe the thing about when you're learning about wine, and when you're in your younger years or your first, you know, legal years of drinking alcohol, you don't know what to drink, you don't mm. know what to try. A lot of commercialism around it, just yeah. like beer. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people drink the bad stuff, to be honest. Yeah. So, and it's um, mostly sweet because what do we grow up on? Sweet orange juice? Yep. Sweet sodas? Everything's that's sweet. Sugar, Everything sugar, is sweet. Sugar. So sure. people think, oh, that's what I should be tasting. Right. Yeah. So. Oh, big sugar. We've had plenty of conversations about oh, yeah. big oh, sugar. Yeah. That's, well. the, that's big tobacco <laughs> these days, basically. So we always ask at the end of each of our uh, interviews here, are you guys involved in any organizations that you volunteer your time or your resources to that you'd like to mention? Well, the uh, Florida Wine and Grape Growers Association is, is an uh, organization here in Florida, which pretty much all of, all of, the, uh, all of the Florida farm wineries are uh, members of the FWGGA. Um, and they do a lot of good things. They uh, help promote Florida grapes. Uh, they're tied in with the Department of Agriculture and uh, Nikki right. Freed. Um, let's see. That's pretty much the only wine person that we're involved with. And what well, is yeah. the so they they help with like marketing? They help uh, with they. It's an organization of 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 uh, wineries and a lot of uh, hobbyists. And in two thousand and. 23 will be our 100 year anniversary of this being a oh wow a, a organization oh, that's so they're share, you're sharing like what you've learned and, yeah, and techniques information science mm-hmm. like and just any helping of each that. other oh, and that's awesome we've watched a lot of the hobbyists uh, and actually when we first joined i would be considered a well, hobbyist, hobbyist. Yes. because i okay. wasn't commercial so you're getting the information from the the people that are in the commercial business and you're also, we, over the years, since we joined, it was 2005, we've watched a lot of the people that started going that were hobbyists are now getting into the business. Oh, right. I love it. New uh, uh, winery just opened in uh, Eustis. Uh, Eustis and, oh, really? And so if you go Eustis. on com, uh, you will find a list of all the wineries that are certified, but Florida Flower okay. Wineries, they're different, but there are more wineries than the 23 that are certified. Uh, and that's how we got the sign. Oh, cool. We don't have a sign on the Expressway Authority because that was not built by the DOT. It's it's a state road, but it's owned mm. by the Expressway Authority, and that probably pretty much answers why they want fifty six hundred dollars for a sign and not two hundred and fifty. Yeah, plus you got your sign right here. <laughs> yes. I, mean, I can yeah, tell you okay. from experience, it works. <laughs> it works. We're good with our sign. <laughs> yeah. And just for clarity, like we do on our, all of our shows, everything that you guys have mentioned, like the uh, TriFloridaWines.com, the Florida Wine uh, Grows Association, all of the links to your website and social media yes. for those of you listening now if you scroll down on your device you'll see links to all of those websites yeah. if you want more information and the other thing is look for the information that's going to come out in the next couple of the years because what we're trying to do within the organization is to have a real big bash for the hundred year uh, oh, the hundred cool. year uh, anniversary of the florida wine and grape rose association and we're kind of looking to put it together so keep posted on our website or go try Florida yeah. wine any of those to see what's going to be coming up because that's going to be a big event that's really going to yeah. showcase what Florida wine and we'll can do. keep on the lookout oh. for that too and then share it on our social media and stuff and so. come to the event that's yeah. fun yeah. whatever it is and we're hoping guys that we can get the word out there about you a little more I know when I meet somebody from out of town and they say hey what is there to do around a pop guy I'm always sending them to local places to go to because I want them to experience 
the local community. Well, you thank know? you. Yes, we I mean, do appreciate that. You can go to Disney. That. You're going to do that anyway. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? But try something local. You know, like we just had um, in Apopka, we had a, a glass blowing place. Have you seen them? No. There's a, a glass blowing place that you can go take classes. Wow, that's wonderful. And yeah. so they're bringing some really cool things into hmm. this area yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff for families to do, and especially the local farms. Yeah. Get out, support your local farms, yep. and yes. um, support local. Yeah, yeah. Did, I, Disney know, first, wine last. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you guys are very passionate about this. You can tell. I think it comes through in your wine. I think it comes through in just you know coming out to the property and seeing it. And thank you for sitting down and talking to us today. Well, You're thank you welcome. for having us. We yeah. really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Sure. And maybe we can do a little little walk around tour. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, awesome. If you have time, that yes. would be amazing. Yeah. It's a nice and crisp out there, like New York weather. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it really is. All well, right. Again, thank you for sitting down talking to us. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the information station. Do you suffer from allergies, asthma, eczema, or chronic sinus infections? Did you know that there is a safe, drug-free way to get relief from the symptoms that are caused by these issues? Have you heard of salt therapy? It uses the natural anti-inflammatory benefits of salt to help you get well naturally and without any side effects. Schedule your appointment today at thesaltroomlongwood.com or call 407-862-1163 to schedule your appointment today. And remember, if you visit the Salt Room, don't forget to tell them that you heard about them from It's All Fine and Danji. Hey guys, welcome back to the Information Station. I hope you enjoyed that interview with John and Sherry Hutchinson. We really enjoyed meeting with them and we look forward to going back out to the winery as soon as time permits. I did want to say this is probably the very first time since we started the It's All Fun and Dangy podcast where it's just me, but from the initial recording of the show today throughout us sort of stopping to play the interview, Angie started feeling really bad from her meds and from her recent surgery. So she had to go lay down. So I'm going to wrap up this week's episode solo. But uh, if you feel so inclined, maybe send some good vibes out Angie's way so she can be on the mend that much faster. She's super tough, but this has been a pretty intense surgery. And uh, I hope she recovers as quickly as possible. Now, there is some things that she wanted to say about wine, and I am going to steal from her notes here because it's interesting stuff, but it's definitely a lot more sciencey as far as the benefits of wine, the health benefits of wine. I just know that I really like red wine and steak. But uh, anyway, there's something called resveratrol in wine. It's a polyphenol compound. It's found in red wine, and it's in the skin of the grapes when they're fermented. It's also in other plants like blueberries. It has antioxidant properties. It helps protect against environmental stresses. It has like an anti-aging component and it helps neutralize what's called free radicals in your body, which uh, those are the things that can cause all kinds of problems. Yes, I'm winging it because I don't know exactly what free radicals are, but Angie's a health and wellness coach and she does. Anyway, also resveratrol regenerates at the cellular level. It decreases your chances of heart disease reduces inflammation. Now that's a biggie. I know that's a biggie. And it is anti-carcinogenic. That's called resveratrol. So anyway, very interesting stuff. More Angie Speed, but I did did want to kind of go through her notes and kind of tell you some of the benefits of wine. And again, I just like drinking wine. And although we don't drink that much wine, I really do enjoy 
a good glass of red wine. Now, out at Hutchinson Farm, as mentioned in the interview, they have white wine, they have red wine. Their red wine is a mix of muscadine grapes and then other grapes that would be in traditional red wines. We bought a bottle of each when we were there, and a few episodes ago, we drank one of the bottles while we were on the show, and I think we drank another one on one of the other shows. It is so good. It is so great to support local, and we're so lucky here in Apopka that we have such a hidden gem. Highly encourage you guys to go out there. You can find more information about Hutchinson Farm at HutchinsonFarmWinery.com, and I'll put a link in the show notes to that as well. Once again, before we go, I did want to, again, plug the Apopka Art and Foliage Festival that's coming up at the end of this month on the 28th and 29th. Please come out and see me. Come see the vendors. Come help support local. And, uh, you know, if nothing else, just say hi. Also, I wanted to mention we did the Facebook Live last week, the night before we went in for Angie's surgery the next morning. And we had so many people join in, and I really appreciate all the well-wishers for Angie's surgery and all of you that just came by and said hi. It was really cool to uh, to get some of those watch parties going. And I do apologize for the glitchy video. We figured out what it was. We know how to resolve it now. And that's what happens sometimes when you're using a, uh, a new tool to do these types of things. So we're looking forward to doing more Facebook Lives at least once or twice a month, we won't have a consistent schedule for that because it's just a little too busy, as many of you can relate to. I also want to let you know that we changed the website a bit. There's no longer an information station page. That is now the episode page. And it's still got the same content with a list of all the episodes of the It's All Fine and Angie podcast, along with pictures of our guests and all of the links that we talk about on all the shows, as well as a button to click to listen to each of the episodes. So it's one way to go if you're not familiar with podcasts, if you don't have a podcast app. Otherwise, you can hear us on all the major podcast apps, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, you name it. We are there. We really do appreciate you guys listening. If you have been a guest on the show previously, we would like to ask you to go out to your favorite podcast app and rate the show. You can give it just a star rating. You could also write a review. You can make it long. You can make it short. But it really, really helps us to reach more people and get involved with more of the community, more businesses, more artists, more people that we can help. You can always call us at 407-490-3899. If you want to be a guest on the show, if you just want to leave a voicemail, just want to say hi, whatever. You can also email us at feedback at fineandangie.com. That's F-I-N-E-A-N-D-D-A-N-J-E-E.com. Again, we are here every Thursday with a new episode. We can't thank you enough for listening. And remember, until next week, at the end of each and every day, it's all fine and dandy. just doesn't sound the same without Angie, does it? <laughs> <laughs>